What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Howdy, everyone. If you enjoy the show, join our free Discord. Link in the description and chat with the cast. Please leave a review and consider joining our Patreon for behind-the-scenes content and more. Tiers start at a dollar, and even that helps us out. To stay up-to-date with episode releases and more, follow us on Twitter at Podcast. Good evening, Rifters. This is Rifts and Realms, the 5e D&D podcast where we discuss all you need to know about world building, from gods and demons to mountains and molehills. I'm Nathan, the Dungeon Master and creator of Riftwake. I'm Josh, your co-host, fellow Dungeon Master, world builder, and fantasy enjoyer. Today we'll be talking about the physical part of your world building that's the the world the world part let's get physical physical i want to get physical physical okay i I get the impression you don't know that song i do know the song oh i'm not a character you you made me feel like i was sounding like a crazy person no, you are a crazy person, but that's irrelevant. Um, oh, moving on. <laughs> so, Josh. You see how he hurts me? Yes. You hear this, listeners? <laughs> yes, I hurt him. You guys all enjoy it, right? <laughs> Send us a message in the Discord. Okay, so moving <laughs> on. Today we'll be talking about the physical part of will building. So, what, what, what is physical? One second, I need to recover. I'm just let me cry. Like, oh, oh, can I okay. just feel for a second? Like, come on, no, dude. I refuse. You are not allowed that. Oh, well, okay. In that case, the we don't not things, pay you for that. We, yeah, you don't do this for free off your own pocket now, do you? I don't think so. Uh, so the physical part is the, the world portion of the world building, it's it could not get. More literal. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. Okay. It, it, I mean, 
there is nothing more literal than actually building the world portion of the world building exercise. And I mean, it kind of boils down to a couple of key areas of like where you separate physical and historical and cultural. Um, but we're going to be covering all of it eventually. So I figured just we'll just do hard stops where we need to and talk more in depth about other portions later. Cool. But I feel like geographical is the most important thing to talk about first, like before we talk about the people and the ideologies and everything. Um, Because historically, geography has played a huge part of history. (laughs) Indeed. All the uncultured lesser people come from those hot-ass countries. Oh, oh, is this is this accent so? is very dangerous? <laughs> Yikes! Yikes! Okay, that's what we need. That's what we need more of is Nathan talking about historical through his misogynistic. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, ah, oh, yes, the lesser cultures. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's okay. What we need. That's that's gonna get us an audience that we want. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's just like in, in the Discord, it's like you know, Discord's I, just full of yeah, fucking just, everyone's Nazi like, symbols. I, 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 I really agree with what Nathan says. <laughs> I find anyone who says that in the Discord gets banned. I I they find get banned that immediately. <laughs> I, I I agree with what Nathan says. I do believe those lesser people. <laughs> so someday I'm gonna Any- get this clipped and I'm gonna get cancelled <laughs> you have to be popular to be cancelled yeah that's a Come good on. point <laughs> no but it, it's gonna be fucking hilarious man. it's gonna be someday it's like hey did you know that th- three four years ago Nathan said this and it's like everyone's like oh yeah I mean he's that saying the same correct. shit right <laughs> now <laughs> Can you believe he'd do this? Yes, 100%. Yes, I yes. can believe it. Like, we were never under the impression that he didn't he say wouldn't do every, that. <laughs> everything like that lightly. <laughs> <laughs> he literally said, he sees, he sees, he wished that World War II would have lasted longer so that there would have been more guns. It's like, oh. It would have been a cooler story if it lasted longer. It would have been cooler, man. Mm. Okay, let's see. So what's a landscape, Josh? Well, a landscape it's like a scape, for the land. The, it's it's the land that you scape over. Um Whoa. for most characters and like areas that you're going to be discussing, um you're not going to want to just describe a location to people in great detail and then gloss over it the next time you talk about it. Um because yeah, people forget how that works. Yeah. That's that's like straight up people forget that the death march or the death marsh is marshy and full of death. Like they will forget. <laughs> Welcome to the death marsh. Okay, so uh, what what you gonna do? I am going to put out my picnic mat and uh, sleep. Mm-hmm. So the landscape is kind of what the characters see as they travel move around, go from quest to quest, where whatever it is that the characters are doing, whether that's flying from planet to planet or walking or going via space blimp, whichever one that they need to do. Yeah. The legendary space blimp. Characters go space blimp all the time. 
Um, but it's it's it, it's not one of those things. It, it's one of those things that more makes the world feel lived in or like present. Mm. Um, whenever they move through varied landscapes, um, and how those landscape landscapes separate people, um, specifically is is really interesting. Um, but for the very beginning of your world building, I'd say put together a map either completely at random or whatever feels right or anything like that. There's a host of, of automated map generators out there um, and just see where that puts you and see what kind of natural narrative erupts from the chaos. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Natural chaos. I like that. I like chaos. Yeah, I know you do. I can tell. So um, let me talk more about like how you could describe something as you're going through it. The general thing whenever a character is moving through a world um, is that when you first arrive at a space, you can like that. There, there's something you gotta say, like a description of the the area. So, like for example, let's say you're moving through a forest or something. Um, the party arrives. Uh, let's call this forest what? Uh, elf forest, okay. Uh, elf, elf forest. For- you can the tell forest, that he prepared forest, this. Uh, he is not doing this the, off the, the cuff. He definitely yes, has it the, written the out elf, in front of him. The elf forest. Uh, mm-hmm. It's like I'm t- there. Tirantar. Uh, yes, Tirantar. Very, very nice name. So, Tirantar, the elf forest. So the party arrives at Tirantar. And uh, as they walk through the trees, they they see that the path that has been carved out through the forest seems rather uh, serene as the light uh, breaks through the trees and uh, hits the floor below. You can see uh, vines, uh, wine, like moss and vines upon the trees, and birds flying about ahead of you deeper into the forest, you think you see um, what might be the elven city ahead. Something like that. And it's basically the core thing is that you want to, con- uh, you want to um, send across an idea of a place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you don't it- need to... Everything doesn't need to be written out. You don't need to talk about what type of trees there are or... Uh, what necess- even necessarily what time of day, unless that matters to your players for some reason. Um, I'd say it what's exactly the most important thing to get across is exactly 1014. At 10.15, my special ability that allows me to talk to yeah, cats. Activates. Activates. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the most important thing is definitely like the aesthetic and what you're which your characters are experiencing. So if you're talking about someplace like a forest that's incredibly hot and incredibly wet, you'd probably want to describe like, you know, the sun going through the trees, like moisture sticking to the oh, yeah, skin. Yeah. Um, that, that's that's, that's a good classic my way fav- of making the favorite. characters feel like they're there. That's that's my favorite thing to say. It's like, uh, you, you feel this, your, your shirt stick to your chest. And it feels awful. You feel sweaty. 
and and in him with uh, by your by your clothing. You wish you you uh-huh. wish to, to take a nice cold ass shower, but no, mm-hmm. it's hard. It is horrible here. <laughs> there is not that humidity, as far as the eye can see. Looking around, you can feel the humidity everywhere. It's around you. <laughs> it's the humidity never stops. It's just like somebody yells <laughs> prostitution. I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> Doesn't go away. You Doesn't get go a, away. It's you, you remove the mist for but a single moment and then it returns. Yeah. <laughs> I named this land. Is a lame spell. Misty land. It's literally just an inconvenience removal button. It's like, okay. Yeah, I know, right? I despise it. I know, right? It is the worst. People who like it, I think. People who like the Prestidigitation spell, I think, are just basically subhumans. I think is the yeah, only. I, I agree. The only they are so weak. Them. Unacceptable, <laughs> honestly. Unacceptable. I mean, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Someone pooped in your pants. Deal with it. Deal with it. Don't yeah, just get rid just of like, it. <laughs> just feel it rub up against your ass every time you take a step. You know that's how it is. It's just warm and wet. You know that's the life. A lot of things. A lot of things are warm, sticky, and wet. <laughs> Just, it's just how life is, okay? <laughs> what are you going to do? Press to digitate away all your problems? Yes. Yes, they are. <laughs> you know? Straight up, absolutely character. they are. A <laughs> character, you know? Mm-hmm. You need that shit and uh, pants attitude to life. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so we were talking about landscapes, and I think we were at the portion where we were going to be talking about... Uh, how natural barriers might inhibit characters. Um, right. Like, so, for example, the- in Nathan's setting, Rift yes. Wake, there's the entire desert full of undead that just rise up out of the sands. Creaky Which, boat. I mean, if that's not a natural <laughs> barrier, I don't know what is. Uh, there's, like, acid rains, deadly forests, mountains. Mountain. Mountain. I love mountain. Mountain is very epic. Epic mountain <laughs> is epic. Whoa. Mountain, great place for story to happen. No. Yes, I agree. My favorite <laughs> mountain story is Ooh, look, mountain. Ooh, look, big crevice. Let's cross this bridge. Oh, no, bridge gone. Oh, no, fall. Oh, no. Very fun. <laughs> oh, no, story. Oh, no, story. Exactly. <laughs> so good. It's like, I, I just remember like having a bridge there. Nobody fucking trusted it, and I just let you go over it. No one trusted that bridge. It's like I sent conflict like coming full minutes, and yeah, then legit. it was just like it's you like, crossed the bridge, and we're like, oh, okay. It's like, it's like, like, yeah, I remember that because it was basically like everyone did it. Like it's legit. I'm going to make you described sure. can, can, it as rickety as hell. Can I can I check the bridge? I'm gonna check the bridge. One of us is gonna cross it. Okay, is it safe? Has anything happened yet? It's like nothing happened. <laughs> I just find it, it so funny. A bridge was in fact a bridge the whole time. That's that's always fun to do. Just fucking <laughs> your face by not doing anything. It's like what? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, natural barriers. So the best thing I feel like about natural barriers in terms of landscape, it it's like a very present thing that you have to deal with as a party, and it really adds. Like, as, as a like, your characters have to deal with 
in your world building because mm -hmm. it's most in most cases is almost ever present oh, so yeah. it really gives your location a certain feel um which is rather important because in life there are certain areas that like certain places that are constantly dangerous in by by the mere fact of them being what they are for example even in the normal desert the, there's always that ever constant issue of uh lack of water or food or resources <laughs> getting know? lost sandstorms sudden loss of visibility yeah waking up in the morning finding out that everyone left you behind because they forgot you mm -hmm. exist you know that kind of thing that's a classic open water bit too that is a classic open water storytelling portion where people go down and then they come back up and the boat has left them they have been abandoned it's like oh he fell overboard um bye i think he died <laughs> uh well, let's go guys he comes up we're leaving and then he's like holy shit i'm alive what the fuck is everyone <laughs> <laughs> just floating there you guys fucking leave me just like silence. And you just, just boat disappearing in the distance. Like, wait, wait, come back. <laughs> it's like somebody pointing off the boat. It's like, is that, is that, is that Johnny? It's like, nah, it looks like a fat fish. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> so talking about landscapes and mountains and oceans, I'd say first and foremost, map. 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 Like, map things out. Um, it doesn't have to be a perfect map. Most of my maps have been hot garbage. I'm not very good at the art portion of anything that this has to do with. And there have been times where I've literally created an Excel spreadsheet full of different colored squares that to, is denote, <laughs> to denote <laughs> what terrain features are what. Ah... Uh, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, it doesn't have to be perfect. Like, just e the terrain features themselves create an aesthetic, right? Like, I, okay, you I have this settlement. It's in the middle of the mountains. Well, what do mountain people act like? Who lives there? Why? You know, like, they, they the, act, the terrain They're really itself, pointy. Pointy <laughs> mountain people. The terrain itself builds a story in and of itself. You know, the, the, the people who live near water, water are really wavy, you know? They wave a lot. They're, very, they're fish people. Yep. Yeah, fish Classic. people. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, uh, yeah, maps are certainly a major part of... Like, it gives, it's a way to lay out the information in such a way that you are able to see, okay, where are the spaces around these uh, building, like these settlements I want to build, and where... Do these mm -hmm. settlements play with each other? So mm -hmm. let's let's talk about mountains. How can we make mountains cool again? <laughs> How do we make mountains no. great again? You know, mountains are already cool. How dare oh. you? I, I'm, I'm sorry, uh, <laughs> but mountains play an excellent part in kind of those natural barrier portions. Um, they're difficult to get around to climb over they are an actual barrier that yeah. keeps your characters in check 
yeah, the most barrier kind of barrier that you have. It's literally a thing that stops you. Whoa. <laughs> Couldn't get more barrier than that. Just like, guys, the really, mountain should is... should be called the barriest. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 what mountain <laughs> should be called from now on. I, I name mountains. This is called barrier. This is barrier. <laughs> this is barriest. Yes, this, this is, is the barriest. This the, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, but there's certain things that mountains land themselves to, which is like, oh, um, ravines where they, mm -hmm. like cliffs and shit, where it's like, oh no, if you fall from here, you're dying, you're, you're, you're dead, you're, you're, you're fucked. Mountains are also an incredible place to put flying enemies. Um, if you want to really add tension to what should not be a very difficult fight. Um, have characters fight winged creatures on the side of a mountain. No, no. I can't tell better. you the number of times I've had someone like fight a harpy, which is like a CR1 creature, and almost die because the harpy's like, come here, big boy, and almost just threw him off the side of a cliff. You like, know what would be fun? You know what would be fun? Imagine yeah. this. Flying enemies in the mountains, and you're on a rickety bridge. Whoa! <laughs> it's Come. the wombo combo. <laughs> I, I I added all the things. I, I, I <laughs> basic addition. I'm back in primary school. <laughs> <laughs> it's so scary. But yeah, I mean, rickety bridge crossing. Uh oh, something dangerous has appeared. Do we go back or do we run across? No, because is I I find great. it it's such a great combination of different factors that you need to balance where you're like. Okay, imagine this. It's like the strong will, strong winds as well. So every round, it's like this. Like every so often, there's this effect that's like, whoa, shit! You gotta maintain your balance, or you're gonna, you're, you're gonna basically uh, be affected. Die. And then, <laughs> yeah, and then the enemies come in, and then at some point, right during the battle, if it drags on too long, oh, one of the the harpies realizes something. It gets this bright ass idea and starts biting away at one of the sides of the bridge is like whoa <laughs> rut rope yeah i mean there's a lot of really natural storytelling deeply uh concerning things about mountains because mountains are scary um they're scary in modern days <laughs> like yeah people die on mountains all the time people die on mountains today like like there's <laughs> The, this is without dragons and hobgoblins waiting around corners to just absolutely can you imagine it's you. just like you're climbing out a mountain and then it's like okay there's this cliff place that we need to climb up because we are a very respectable non-magic party we will climb up this cliff by no magical means okay let me go and put this pylon in okay okay let's go up okay couple hours later okay um, now, Joe, it's your turn to climb up, and then you look behind. Oh, fuck, he's gone. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, shit, he fell. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, that's not good. Oh, he fucked up. And then you look <laughs> down, and it's like, I can't even see his body, man. That's bad. That's, that's pretty bad. He was carrying all the food. <laughs> Fat Joe. And now you why? have a survival check. <laughs> That's good shit, though. Uh, <laughs> now let's let's talk about oceans. Eleven, wait, the oceans. Yeah, oceans. I prefer oceans. Twelve. 
I, I, I think I prefer I, Ocean's Thirteen. What are, what is what are these movies? Heist movies? They are heist movies. Yes. What is a what is a Ocean? He is name. That's his name. His name's. I think it's Danny Ocean or something like that. I see. So like this Ocean Man, it's like on the ocean. That and is completely different. <laughs> and and he he steals. He 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 robs people's boats. Ocean Man, won't you take me to the hammer? <laughs> There's a lot of really old school music that's coming up in this in this episode. I know, right? <laughs> um, I've had entire campaigns that basically take place on the ocean. I mean, like traitors, like literally T R A D E R S, uh, pirates, whatever your your crew or whatever your party wants. There's a story that can be had oh, on the shit. ocean. I just Oceans? thought of a great story. A traitorous traitor. Whoa. Oh, sheesh. Yeah, I was always a traitor. I didn't know I was going to be a traitor. <laughs> <laughs> this is the yes. worst line ever. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, imagine it's like, oh, you're with a traitor. They get attacked by pirates. They don't manage to, to, to win that, that fight, right? And... They get you uh, trapped on their pirate ship and they give you this deal to like join us. Oh, uh, oh, fucking yeah. kill you. <laughs> it's, like, oh, okay. it's like, oh, that's, that's not much of a, that's not much mm-hmm. of a choice, is it? It's like, um, the trailer's like, I need, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna sail them out somehow. I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm very bad <laughs> at writing plot on the fly, but you know. What? No, yeah. you have this written out in front of you, like that moment before when you were describing the forest and described things as leafy. I mean, obviously, yeah, I'm. We, I'm we very have this good all pre. This. We have this portion that I'm saying right now written in the script. Right, exactly. It actually, like, I didn't know. I don't know if you knew this, guys, but it's this is very scripted. This is very all, scripted. All, this all is these are very like well written jokes about how we are totally unscripted. You know. <laughs> that's that's the joke, you know. It's very cool. So back back to the gripping, totally scripted story that is mm-hmm. scripted because we scripted it. Um, Say scripted one more time though before we continue. Uh, okay. So uh, in the scripted story, right? Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. The tra- trailer trait uh, is a traitor and uh, somehow fucks like. Fuck, fucks with you. I don't know how, but <laughs> <He> fucks? <right. laughs> this traitor fucks, dude. Like, yeah. Oh my god! But just imagine a situation where you're working for a trader and then you end up on a pirate ship, um, and maybe maybe they want uh one of the party like that. They have actually been hunting for one of the party members because of one thing that they did that wronged them, and then the trader the trader is like figures out the situation and then uh is like if you if you leave like the trade let's say the trader has a pretty strong force on his side as well right mm-hmm. so it's it, it, they, they kind of come to a standstill and then the, the the pirates are like trader give us give us that man <laughs> and we'll let you and your goods go <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. okay <laughs> <Put him> up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yes. going to throw this out there. That has yes. nothing to do with world building. I agree. <laughs> that entire situation had nothing to do with let's, world Let's move on. Ostensibly this is... about it. 
It's a very long tangent. Let me just build this entire story real quick. So this guy, his name's Paul. Uh, <laughs> just <laughs> like, uh-huh. Uh, so anyway, oceans. Oceans, <laughs> yes. Okay, back, back to the oceans, right. Back to so, oceans. I got distracted, okay? The, the trader trading thing is very cool. But <laughs> moving on. Oceans. Very dangerous. Mm-hmm. I like rafts and staying on them mm-hmm. and being lost at sea. It's very cool. Yeah. And then oceans with their proximity to settlements, uh, I'd say that port towns have a tendency to flavor themselves a lot differently than your like capital cities or your right. um, like small hamlets. Generally, Port towns are going to be a little bit messier, a little bit more criminal, I feel like, usually. Those um, fucking even if that might not necessarily port. be the case. <laughs> Goddamn criminal sailors. Um, <laughs> but oceans create a laundry list of potential barriers for your characters. Uh, they basically function as a barrier on the map until you unless you have second or third continents um which right. some some of them do and some of them don't and how you what you want your ocean to be will play a very important role in how you describe it like if you don't want characters exploring the ocean or, tra- or searching for other continents uh, it can be described as like dangerous, murky, like the murky unknown ocean. depths. Murky unknown ocean. Depth. Murky, muddy ocean. Then, <laughs> it's muddy. <laughs> it's Whoa. money. And then if you kind of want to have a more exploration focus, <laughs> money ocean. If you want to have a more uh, exploration focused okay. uh, setting, you might want to go more like Age of Discovery, where there's like unknown wonders and, um, you know, mysteries and adventures abound in lands untouched and unknown yeah you know what would be cool is you have your ocean be like i i always like the idea of a oceans being very big and then giving um essentially being a place where your the people end up like the the reason why the barriers is that it becomes very much a case of you're now left at sea. Um, there's a lot of things that can happen in an environment that uh, you have no external form of help if something goes mm-hmm. very wrong. Is it, and that, yes. like, oceans are equivalent to, like, uh, the great uh, in-betweens of space travel, for example. Yeah, I was going to say, like, this, these, like, the cosmic ocean also applies... Um, where it's like, how does space travel work in the setting? Is it a multi-month-long process, or is it a boom? We teleported. We're there. Um, right. That it's like it's like the whole aliens thing of like, oh shit, um, aliens. It took us four years to get here. <laughs> yeah, I watched movies. I didn't watch aliens. I just mm-hmm. know the plot of it. Um, <laughs> how long did it take the people from aliens to get to the alien ship? They were in cryo sleep. <laughs> Pog. Pog. Uh frosty times. They were very mm-hmm. very cool about it, you know? They were pretty chill. Yeah. 
<laughs> they're, they're, they're chillier than my 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 milk in the in the fridge. Yes. Go on. yeah, go on, pop off. <laughs> what a terrible thing. It's chillier than my milk in the fridge. Like you not even your ice cream in the freezer, your milk in the not even no, that I chilly. It's I, I I don't I don't have ice cream. Oh I'm sad. Oh, so tragic. I know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So moving on. What what's a step? step? Like a, yeah. Um, how do you pronounce this? That's pronounced step. S T E P P E. Steps like are your more like very flat land, grassy um, environment where it's like vaguely hilly, but for the most part, it's flat, gr- grassy areas as far as the eye can see. This is the areas where uh, your horde nomads typically originate from, um, like, you know, the Mongol Empire and stuff like that. They got their starts in the steppes of Mongolia, uh, where these various horse tribes were, you know, constantly competing and then eventually united and made themselves one hell of a problem for basically the whole world. Um, Steps are an interesting thing to include in your game uh, if you want to include your kind of more horse-associated individuals. Uh, centaurs generally play really, really great in steps. Um, but then also, like, your... What, what are they called? In, in Warhammer, they're like orc boys who ride their big motorcycles or their Mad Max-style They're things. vroom-vroom, man. They're vroom-vroomed. The Vroom Vrooms do great in step environments. Like, whenever they're not having to worry about tripping over a, a vine and then <laughs> being in a huge car wreck and decapitating themselves. Um, steps are huge expanses. The problem I've found with steps is that it does not feel like there's a lot there. Um, they're like green deserts. Whoa. <laughs> like green deserts um but there is some really interesting ways that you can play with those types of terrain features um and and how they interplay with the culture there generally steps are incredibly spread out and so you have this kind of eclectic mix of nomads and stationary peoples and how do they interact with each other like is this a heartland of a, of the, an empire, or is this like the furthest outreaches? If so, why? Like terrain does a lot of the work of storytelling for you. So that's what a step is, basically. <laughs> okay. Now, now you can talk about forests, the foresty forest of Elfnanor. Terranor. Terranor. <laughs> yeah. So, forest. What is a forest? It's a place with lots of trees. Okay, moving on. Oh. There we go. Perfect. We did it. One take. We done it. We did it. It's done. That's all you need to say about a forest. I mean, everyone knows a forest. Forest? I've actually never seen a forest in my whole life, I don't think. Um. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I know. 
that's not entirely true. I don't think so. But um, forests, they're places with trees and and moss and mm-hmm. trees. That uh-huh. me. Yeah, you got this. Okay, so why are forests cool? It's not really the forest, honestly. It's the things inside of them. Forests have a lot of creepy crawlies in terms of um, big, big, big creatures that stalk you. Yes, mm-hmm. S- scary stuff. But they have don't you have seen, to be. Have you have you seen a monkey? It's horrifying. It looks <laughs> like us, but but. It, but it, just it, enough not. Yeah, exactly. It's like you're like ooh. All of these terrain features kind of tie themselves back to your core pillars. Like, do you want your locations to feel foreboding or do you want them to feel like just natural? Do you want them to feel unexplored or well known? That will differentiate how you describe these specific terrain features and how these terrain features interact with the people around them including your characters whenever they're exploring them (laughs) i would say that i would say that uh let's see i'd say that forests are the perfect place to have the party like your characters get hunted by something yes it is very fun Generally, I feel forests are great at hiding things, things Mon- of importance. Yeah. Because uh, they hide monsters, they hold, they hide like temples, they hide basically anything. Because once you get into the canopy of trees, your bird's eye view ceases to apply. Like Indeed. it's, I mean, your forest can literally be places that transport you into whole other worlds. Um, And I think that's probably has to do with like our super old school ancestors where people would just walk into forests and disappear forever. And so they've always kind of held that semi-magical aesthetic. Um, Forests are cool. Forests are cool. Like, um... Mm -hmm. It would be Where does the witch live? Swamp, bog, or forest? (laughs) Swamp, bog, forest. This is the forest name. This forest is called Swamp Bog <laughs> Forest. This forest um, is the forest of Swamp Bog. Um, so, like, just imagine uh, going through a forest and then being like, you guys hear a sound? It's like, <laughs> no, not really. And then you hear the sound of rustling leaves. Yeah, I definitely hear a sound. And you all turn slowly, and then you see eyes glinting back at you, and then they vanish. You're like, what the fuck was that? And then uh, you you hear movement above you and like whoa 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 and then um like some big uh like fucking tiger or something jumps out and starts mauling a guy. That, There's that's a reason fun. why the first Predator movie takes place in a forest. <laughs> it, it's fun stuff, but my favorite yeah. thing with forests is that it's one of the few places in life where fire is very fun. One of the few. I don't. I don't think that's one of the few places that are not enough. That everything needs to be flammable. I wish, wish mountains were more flammable. Um, Uh, that's the only thing that's holding mountains back in the tier list. 
Yeah, if they were only not, more slightly not flammable more... enough. <laughs> exactly. Like, sure, some mountains are volcanoes, but you know that's kind of mid, yo. <laughs> <laughs> Volcano mid. It's like, it's like. If only all the rocks were flammable, then that would be amazing. It'd just be a massive-ass bonfire. <laughs> <laughs> a, highly, a highly phosphoric rock. Uh-oh. Boom. <laughs> so, yeah, like, there, there's always this, like, really cool um, feeling that you can create in your, like, that you can only create in a forest setting where... You have shit on fire around you. You're fighting this monster. It's hiding in the shadows. Yeah, that's what you can do with forests. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Very one of epic, many things. One of many epic, very epic things. What's a dark void? What? What is? Um, is it like a void that's dark? Something? Something? Nailed it. We don't even have to bring that up anymore. Okay, we moving can just on. Skip past that one. So dark voids generally they're one of two places in sci-fi. Generally, they are like the space between stars, like or places that are difficult to travel to because of oh shit you know I just intergalactic phenomenon cool. it's like okay we've developed this new drive we shall explore where the give me a sec mm-hmm. he's describing the buzz lightyear movie and he doesn't know it yet okay so let's go back um we have developed this new drive, and it shall take us into this black hole. We don't know where it leads, but it was going to be pretty cool. And then you go into it, and then there's darkness all around you. It's a very dark void, in search the name. Uh, <laughs> and uh-huh. you don't know where you're going, but you're going somewhere. You see a light in the distance. And that creates like this emptiness that... Uh, kind of. It's no, nothing of interest, so it it allows you to really shrink down the space and uh elements that the party needs to think or care about. Mm-hmm. Dark voids in a fantasy setting are generally just as uneasy. Um, most of the time it's because your players are in like a different realm, or it's a transportative place to another area that's full of like the deepness of space and those places are great because you get to introduce like some Cthulhuan horrors uh if that's your wish obviously you can do whatever you want tentacle monsters um, i like t- um you you can either do tentacle monster or you can do maybe friendly tentacle monster hey hey wink wink nudge nudge okay. <laughs> or of course there's always the like you stare into the abyss, and does the Stares abyss stare back? back? How how does it how, how does it do? How, how does an abyss stare back at you? You're like, well, 
that's dark and then it's like yo you're not dark and it's like it looks whoa, within your very soul like whoa it speaks the abyss speaks to me whoa it's like <laughs> some some of the guys look at you, what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> <It's> like <laughs> <laughs> man that abyss be pussy and though <laughs> what are you doing with that abyssy bring that over here Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna we're gonna hear about that in the discord like a week or two from now and I'm gonna forget I've ever said anything about Nabussi. I agree <laughs> I guarantee I agree. you I'll be like I don't remember saying that but I don't I wouldn't put it past us <laughs> okay space shit what is space shit it's like shit in space whoa oh my goodness we're so professional we're definitely doing it. <laughs> so I'd say really there's a lot of play in space for your kind of more sci-fi oriented stories. Um, there's solar flares. There's, you know, meteor showers, asteroid belts, um, gas giants, you know, supernova, things that you're really not going to see very much of in a fantasy setting unless you're in that like combo space jammer, Starfinder, fantasy X sci-fi zone. I think spaceship is very cool. Okay. Yeah. It, it, it lent, like, there's a lot of atmospheric storytelling you can do with space because so much of it is empty. New things are possible everywhere. Like, like let's point at this star. Let's go there. Okay, that, yeah, that's what, a place can we find? can go. Mm-hmm. Would be pretty it, horrifying it as itself. anyone who write write stuff. But it's very much a case where you can make anything, anything as well. So it's very fun. Um, mm-hmm. Otherworldly places, other dimensions. Places yep. where hellscape literally down. up is not that's everywhere. Everywhere yeah, up, up is, is not, not down. down. <laughs> up is, up not, is down. not down everywhere. <laughs> Wait a minute. You're up just describing down. normal places. <laughs> <laughs> it's like normal place. And this land where up is not down. <laughs> oh my gosh. What a nightmare realm where up is not down. <laughs> that, that's, that's such a great like name though. Up is not down. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is like your uh, your upside down. In uh, you didn't watch that show, did you? No. Oh come on! I don't watch Stranger anything. Things. What is Stranger, Stranger Things? Thing? Never never watched that thing. Oh my. Okay, it's so you're upside strange. down in your Stranger Things, Feywilds and D and D, your other otherworldly terrestrial locations in your sci-fi. These are places where you get to play with what's normal a lot um, and really get kind of fucky with people's heads. So let's talk a bit about the um, aesthetic. All right. What is aesthetic? So I'd say that the aesthetic is what ties the generic portions of your setting, the generic terrain. Mm-hmm. into your more specific core pillars. Right. Um, 
how you color these terrain features warm or cold inviting or foreboding you know quaint or monumentous changes the way that your characters and your audience are going to think about them um it it, it, it can even change the way people are going to play yeah if they feel like something is a dark foreboding not for humans location like there's two ways you can describe a forest (laughs) they're gonna wait there's you hear birds chirping the sun's shining true you know there's like fucking rabbits and frolicking there's fucking rabbits yep Rabbits fucking in the, the rabbits are fu- there's rabbits fucking all over the place. Yeah, there's like seven rabbits fucking. <laughs> one of the, one of them is having a threesome. It's very weird. Um, <laughs> and then and then oh another one where it's like oh it's so dark. You look into the forest and it's so dark. <laughs> there's eyes staring back at you. You hear you hear mm-hmm. you hear you, you, you fog hear licks at your toes. Yeah, the, the 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 fog is touching their toes. There's oh, th- there's this awful smell. Oh, you see, you see the <laughs> see a dead corpse of a a dead fucking rabbit <laughs> nearby. A dead corpse, as as opposed to the living corpses that you were expecting exactly. to hear about viewers. Um, you know, different different yeah. environments. You know. Yeah. So I, I got a weird a question now. Times... How do you? Josh, how, how do you make ahead? a mountain quaint? <laughs> how do you make a mountain quaint? Yeah. Oh, I very quaint generally, <laughs> you, make the, you make the mountain quaint by having the people who live there be friendly mountain folk. Ooh, like You have a point. Yeah, I mean, friendly mountain folk uh, in a temperate climate as opposed to, like, ice cold, there you'll have kind of more of a, like, You'll have more of a quaint versus monumentous yeah. feeling mountain. Like it's still a mountain. Leave. It's still fucking huge. <laughs> um <laughs> but it it kind of gives it that more like small timey vibe as opposed to like the right. lone misty mountain of danger like and top. destruction. You have cold you have people who are colder than the cold air around them. Mm-hmm. Like you get up there and like, go away, stranger. I don't like you. <laughs> it's like, well, <laughs> Go back, go back to what you came. <laughs> you know, you hurt my feelings, bro. It's like I don't care. <laughs> I'm busy and shaving I'd ice. S- I'd say even if you have a generally dark, depressing, and like intense setting, have mm-hmm. some place that feels warm and homely for the players. Yeah, because to either A come back to or B look forward to or C protect. Like if if everything sucks, then there's gonna be no reason for your characters to save it. Right. There's always that one place, like for example, where yeah, like, oh, this place is so bad, but then you have this like tiny hut in the middle of the horrible woods where this hermit lives and somehow mm-hmm. stays alive somehow. Nobody really knows how, but he's really nice. Every single time mm-hmm. you've been there, he's been a bit grumpy and such, but he gives you food as you sit by his fire, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good shit. Maybe there's in, in the middle of this desert where everything's dog shit, there's like flying mm-hmm. rats. 
why they're flying rats, nobody knows. But I think you're just talking about bats. <laughs> no, no, no. And like you can vultures. have some darkness in your generally brighter places too. Yeah, yeah. And then like you have basically places where you can you know, you, you can uh turn off the tension. Yeah. Beach episode places. I love beach episodes. Anyways. You're because you're a pervert that's why you like each episode <laughs> moving on let's ignore that <laughs> i didn't like it nobody likes what you say josh go away so moving oh, okay. on what well, historical or natural does a place have a name this place is called jerry'sville jerry lives here that's why it's called jerry there you go. We're not even talking about settlements, really. We're talking about like yeah, places in the world. We call where, this mountain. Uh, interesting things happen. Mount Mount Tom, because Tom was here. Whoa! He's painting a picture with his words. It's beautiful. <laughs> He's putting everything we talked about into practice. <laughs> so, Josh, can you give them mm-hmm. a real example? <laughs> um. Yeah, I can give. Them- example um so with something like this normally there if it's if it's quote unquote like historical normally there'll be some super incredible explanation for it like in real world uh there's the grand canyon here in the united states like a canyon but very grand it is very grand and one of the kind of origin stories of the grand canyon was like paul bunyan uh being very very hot while crossing this giant fucking desert that it's in the middle of dropping his axe and dragging it behind him causing this giant rift in the earth behind him as he walked like that's not real in our case but it can be in a fantasy setting like right yeah like, mm-hmm. the, like I've heard stories where there's like this mythical character where they have this like magical sword power, and then in a single slice they clear this path that people can mm-hmm. walk or some shit like that, mm-hmm. where the monsters won't touch. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the holy light of Mister Swordy Man <laughs> protects <Lumble>. us. <laughs> but yeah, there's a lot of those kinds of places that are important geographical locations specifically because something has happened there um locations of meteor impacts where there's like a giant crater in the middle of the earth that might have be like associated mythologically with like a falling angel or something like that um your your character's culture typically is going to be the way that they explain away things like that um whether that's more mystic mystical or you know natural is going to shift from player to player and campaign to campaign um but if you're in a high magic setting i say you know have something be the result of a giant wizard duel that like actually changed the surface of the world around them as they right. were fighting i mean like um mm-hmm. There's two ways, like that. That's basically it. Like historical means 
So somebody did something that created this. For example, oh, there's this barren desert, but it used to be a forest. What happened here? Oh, there's this guy, this evil dark mage that uses magic, but he he sucks the life out of things around him. So he he cast a big spell here. Entire forest gone. Whoa. And we're going to be talking about like history, like putting history together in an episode a little bit down the line. I'm thinking it's probably going to be the next or the next next or the next next next. Um, <laughs> but let, let history influence your terrain a little bit. Let terrain influence your history. Um, and just because you've kind of penned something down a little bit ago, don't be afraid to make some changes if you think that that's going to change things for the better. Um, basically, until the players have interacted or the characters have interacted with the location, everything is in pencil. Um, unless it like fundamentally alters the way that the campaign and the world works, I'd say, you know, have have a couple of have had that throwaway lines from your characters be canon. Like, there's nothing funner as a player or right. as a GM for me for whenever someone ad libs something from their backstory and you're like, no, that's, that's canon. canon. Like, we're keeping we're canon keeping now. that shit. That's that shit's sticking around. No, it's, <laughs> it's, it's so fun to do that because very often people think of things that you wouldn't have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it always helps to add to that deep complex nature of how you want to build your world mm-hmm. so talking about complexity let's talk about settlements all right now this is really really where things kind of mesh with history um because if you have settlements you have settlers like just straight up and no, what the settlement it, is going to be always like has been here Everyone, I oh, yeah. I appeared here. This is how it, it is. It exists due to time immemorial. The um, city, I call it Time City. It's like always here. Time. Oh, time okay. again. Yes. <laughs> I'm very good at naming things, you know. You're doing great. This has definitely been the episode for you naming stuff. <laughs> <laughs> this is scripted, um, I swear. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, so with settlements, you kind of have to dot them around your map and decide what size it's going to be. Is it going to be like a vast multi-thousand person, multi-million person city? Or is it going to be a tiny farming hamlet or a tiny fishing hamlet that basically is home to just a couple families? And I feel like the most important things that settlements do is that they need to answer questions about what it does for the plot and what it does for the world itself. Um, Because there are some places that are really, really, really important for plot purposes, um, but are in the middle of Bufu nowhere and are not going to impact the greater world in any way whatsoever until they're good and ready. Right. And there are other places that are super important to, for the world to function as it does that do not matter to the plot whatsoever. Um, I mean, like, you, you could have a plot on a, an island, and like, like this island, island continent, and then 
Sure, this is port city that's very important. It brings in all the resources to this place, but if the plot isn't doesn't have like, oh shit, famine or something related, yeah. it's not gonna be if, that important. You know. If the plot doesn't send characters there, then don't pin down too much information beyond what it does for the rest of the world. Um like your super huge farming community that supplies half of the half of the continent's grain could be really, really important to the world. Um, but if characters never go on that half of the continent, then the 14 pages you wrote about the greater political <laughs> dynasties holding that place together is wasted paper. We don't use paper. Anyways, wasted, uh, wasted keystrokes. I like to stroke my keys. Um, <laughs> oh no. Bum, bum, bum. I see. So, then moving on, who lives there and why? So, in generally speaking, very cool, very cool. What does the city do? What do the city do? Who live here? What do yeah. they do? This city make magic stuff. Learn lots, mm -hmm. make magic. Cool. You know what I like about th this topic specifically is that um, it's very good. It's very easy to make your cities feel different by just giving them different purposes. Like, why do people different come purposes, here? Different purposes, different locations. Exactly. A river town is going to feel different than a desert town. Um, my, my, and... yeah, go ahead. my next favorite thing to do, right, is to have like after you have set up all these different cities, is to have cities where something is off. Because my favorite, like, I've just thought of this, but I want to do this at some point, which is have a city where there, there are a lot of buildings. It's very well developed. The odd thing is that it's most of the houses are pristine, but don't have anyone living in them. And there's only a couple of buildings which actually have people in them living. and Nobody really knows why. Until, like, the mm -hmm. party doesn't know why this is the case. Mm -hmm. That could be interesting. It's like, <laughs> where are all these people? Could be fun. Could be. Just, like, take something. Sounds like the start of a false like, Hydra story. <laughs> what, what's a false Hydra? Uh, I will explain it in greater detail later. Very cool. <laughs> to, to you, because it's it's not relevant to world building. <laughs> very cool, very cool. Moving on. <laughs> um, so one of the things whenever you're establishing your settlements is not only like what purpose does it serve, but also like where is it? Um, is it in the middle of a mostly human kingdom? Is it, you know, located in an elf's abode is it located in the middle of a forest like who lives there why do they live there what's the what does it bring to the table because there are a lot of places in the world that exist literally just because they're on a river that's it that's the only reason there's a we, river we there got, and so we, we needed a, we needed here. a community we need the water so everyone go near water oh i you you sell Dead chickens? Well, I sell uh, something. <laughs> yeah, I sell fish. Um, and I sell dead fish. And uh, <laughs> we both need water, I guess. Why don't we 
stay here. Whoa. Perfect. This, and it I, can like, be more detailed than that. Legitimately <laughs> speaking, that, that sounded like something an AI wrote, but okay. <laughs> um, dead chicken, I sell dead fish. We <laughs> need water, so we here, yes. Yes, very good. So what? Why would why would anyone live on a mountain? It, it sounds like a bad time. Mining. It's almost why Ooh. anyone ever lives on a mountain is because they Mining. need the natural resources the mountains provide. Chunky mountain. Like mountains Just... generally are one of those places that suck agriculturally but are incredibly minerally. You know why? It's because uh, when, when the plates push against each other, it brings up all the underground shit up. You know, whoa, whoa, whoa. it's all that good stuff. All that good stuff. You know, the 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 chunky shit. You know, like the big shinies. Hey, that, all that. That's all why that dwarves are in mountains. They love that big shinies. Gotta get it. Gotta get the big shiny man. <laughs> gotta go. Gotta go. Um, I would say that settlements are one of the most important things to tie to your core pillars. Um, right. that they create such a varied aesthetic um, that you generally want them to feel in touch with your themes. Um, right, because if they aren't like in accordance to your themes, they can create this sort of dissonant effect where mm -hmm. it's like, okay, thus far, I've been traveling through this wasteland and then this city has hot coca every day <laughs> for free. What mm -hmm. is going on? Why? Uh, yeah, and so those those settlements, the the human portion of it is so important for establishing aesthetic. Not even like technically human human, but you know the the civilization portion of things will greatly impact the way that the rest of the game feels. Like, is the civilization an escape from the terrors of the natural world or just its own set of terrors? And that's that's for you to decide. It's for you to terrifying. tie to your theme. It's terrible. <laughs> I make very bad jokes. Um, let's see. Mm -hmm. So, landmarks. What is yes. very notable and visible and seeable? There are a couple of things. So landmarks are basically the places that your characters, your you know, whether you're writing them or your player characters, they're gonna see it and they're gonna go, what "Oh that? shit, what's that?" <laughs> it's your you know forest temples. It's your giant graveyards it's the it's the places it's that weird that have been long abandoned that got that good loot no not just that you can have them <laughs> in your um cities as well like why does every single city have this white color tower that touches the sky and why the bunch of names at the bottom of it i don't get it man why why are these here why why explain explain mm -hmm. 
Explain to me, Josh. Why why is there a white tower everywhere? That says a bunch of names. Something about <laughs> war, you know? So weird. Oh, I thought you were talking about like I thought you wanted me to, you know, riff with you. I was like, uh, I don't know. Uh, magic? Like, oh, magic? And then like, I was like, ah, no. oh, he's talking about a war memorial, okay? <laughs> like, yo, actually, why why do they do that? Why why does it? Why are all of them? Why do all of them look more or less the same? That's thought. <laughs> why do like why they all pillars the white? Because humans aren't original. I see. Okay. <laughs> if, like if I died in a war, why would my tower be white? You know, I I like a black tower. I think it looked cooler, more epic. Mm. Well, too bad. <laughs> okay. <laughs> sucks. Sucks if you died. I guess if you like black. Sucks to not suck, like my can, bro. <laughs> not, I guess. I guess you're dead anyway. So there's not much you can say about it. <laughs> yeah, not my problem anymore, friend. Um. So notable landmarks. They can create a sense of kind of oneness based off of what they are or how you want to put them in the world. Um, they give places way, distinctive... Josh, yeah? Are you clicking a pen or something? Oh, I might have been. Yeah, please don't. <laughs> <laughs> they, they give places a distinct feel um, and kind of separate beyond just raw aesthetic these kinds of places um make characters excited to explore them um your deeply deeply urban city is all the more interesting because of the giant elevator that it has in the middle of it that goes into yeah. the undercity <laughs> very epic very Makes epic it look very cool or your small fishing hamlet feels very unique whenever there is a, a golden statue of a maiden that weeps blood, but also protects the quote unquote, protects the city from the horrors of the wilderness. Like, oh, she cool. I, I really like those kinds of things. So that's like a sort of mystical element to it. But like you can literally yeah. have anything, anything that breaks the mold, anything that's out of place or interesting, large different some way something that looks different from the average it's like why mm -hmm. uh, in, in this town that um this town by the roadside uh there's a lot of buildings about but you notice that the most uh like everything's built actually built around this one place and this is this fucking casino that uh is a lot more nice than all the buildings around it maybe that's what brings all the business <laughs> to this town you know something like that yeah it's a sort of ah a, a sort of internal logic that people can infer it's like and oh, it can also things. be good yeah. for differentiating towns like just having a whole bunch of town names might be difficult for people and then you go oh it's casino land and they're like oh, oh. casino land <laughs> or it's, it's like, like it's placed with giant clock glass. in the middle that Goes cuckoo cuckoo. Yeah. Everyone's like, oh, that's... it's Death Desert. Death <laughs> and they're desert. like, ah, yes, Death Desert. Yes, of course. Remember I know Death Desert. Why the... didn't you call it Death Desert first? 
like like every 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 time i'm like delmer it's like what the fuck is that i'm like oh the city with the with the big lasers and it's like oh okay oh i thought that was drin <laughs> it's like yeah stuff like that yeah let's talk about a bit it's... about the um, the space equivalents space stuff of notable landmarks yeah yeah that's a absolutely. cool space I mean, thing let's say you're a nerd and you're like how do i differentiate well, this from typical earth right like how do planets differentiate themselves what i try to avoid is places being um hat world where it's like What's ah that? yes you're smart the smart people come from this planet and the warrior oh, no. people come from this planet and the so and so people work. come from so and so planet because that's not how people work um we all know but it's based I'd say on that, their race yeah right. of course not around the planet they were born on yeah um, exactly but what <laughs> there's a lot of notable features that you can do like having a spaceport um whether it be like mm-hmm. a commercial spaceport or something like that um Generally, space stations are a great place to like add flavor, um, even if there's nothing else there. Like, if it's just here to be a resupply depot, that is character that you can give it. There are cool things that you can inject in there um, that you might not see in other places. That's pretty cool. I like it. Like, is for me the the thing I find the most cool is like things that are visible from almost anywhere on the on the planet. Where mm-hmm. like, like quote unquote almost like for a good portion is like legitimately space elevators are very very epic because it's like mm-hmm. just imagine you're just living in a normal town but the only difference is that there's this kid that really wants to go to space and then every single morning when he wakes up and goes to school it's like he sits off into the horizon right this like fucking monolithic tower that touches the sky that literally escapes into the heavens you just like space elevators i do it's so cool they're like (laughs) elevators but like space (laughs) you know every elevator is a space elevator (laughs) wait really whoa they all go to space (laughs) they all go up can can you imagine (laughs) you're just like you're you're on um you're, you're going up an elevator and you're just like Oh, there's this new button here. It says space. You click <laughs> on it and you're just like, <laughs> you suddenly get accelerated. And then you're like, holy shit, I'm up here. And the door's open and you promptly die. Um, <laughs> I've made cool. a terrible mistake. I regret this decision. It, it was very cool for the first like five seconds. And then now I'm dead. <laughs> but whenever my skin started boiling within me, I did not like it. It felt highly uncomfortable. <laughs> so I'd say that the big key takeaways that we have for for this episode are that your geographical locations are one of the most important things for you to get a handle on. Um have an understanding of what your map looks like. If you don't necessarily need a map, um, get an understanding of the area around it. I've had settings where everything took place and was centered upon a single city. Um, Get a really in-depth understanding of what the world looks like around that city or around that hamlet 
to kind of really hammer home that the characters are exploring or engaging with a place that feels real. Um, we didn't even like get into wildlife. Like that's its own separate situation entirely. Um, but those the, the environment that the characters are in is probably one of the most important things, aesthetically speaking, to get right. Um, a horror theme does not do very well if everything feels bright and inviting. Unless, of course, uh, it feels bright and inviting to be <laughs> to to be upended. Um, like that fake cheer. That's yeah, fun. it's like you 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 find this dark and dreary forest, and this is like one spot of when you see a patch of flowers, you walk into it, and you promptly suffocate and die as they steal your life force and and rip you apart. Whoa, <laughs> ooh, scary. But yeah, I definitely think that um, the definitely the physical things in your world play a massive part in how your players and characters will view that world. And it really is essentially the physical representation of that greater history and um, storytelling that you want to tell with um, by actually showing it through the world rather than just saying it. And that's really what makes the physical elements very important when building your world. Thanks for listening to this episode of Rifts and Realms. Please leave us a review and give us five stars on iTunes. Also support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Podcast. Here's as low as a dollar and even that much really helps us out. Support us get benefits such as behind the scenes content, only access to episodes, access to a monthly hangout where you'll be able to chat with the cast, and even input on Rifts and Rules topics. Find us on social media on Twitter at Podcast. Join our Discord in the description below. It's free. And you can send us an email. Podcast at gmail.com Thanks for listening and have a fantastic day or night because I guess you're saying good evening. Yeah, that. Bye. Bye. <laughs> when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com.
That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.